You're listening to the Golden Mike Podcast with me, the noise of the North, Daniel the Mano. This is a lifestyle podcast based loosely off the lake life. My goal is to give listeners an opportunity to share an experience of wakeboarding and its pros, music, art, and just about anything going on in the world of me, the noise of the North. So now join me and my people as we bring you the Golden Mike Podcast. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Dano the Mano, and stoked to be back for my second attempt at this audio podcast. Uh, this week, got a great show, uh, a lot of cool stuff happened all last week, a lot of cool stuff coming up, and a really, really, really special guest, a really close personal friend of mine in the studio loft here in Dr. Phillips, Orlando, Florida, Chris O'Shea is with us today. G'day, Dano. What's up, Chris Owen? We're gonna be ha- uh, we're gonna have him on the mic in just a few minutes. But first things first, I want to talk about happenings and events in the life of the one and only Noise of the North. Uh, just this last week, uh, if you listen to the first podcast, then you know we had a big week full of all kinds of stuff, including the Nautique Wake Games. The week started off at Performance Ski and Surf Wednesday night with the one year anniversary for the new location of Performance Ski and Surf, which is uh, right here in Orlando, Florida. Riders came, registered, checked in for the contest. Liquid Force athletes were out there. They were serving up barbecue. Shane Bonifay was working pretty hard out there, grilling it up, hot dogs and hamburgers. Colin Harrington was out, had his motorcycle. Uh, all Team Liquid Force, Danny uh, Danny Hampson, uh, Aaron Reed was there, uh, Chris O is out there as well, uh, showing a little support in the parking lot, which was a lot of fun. Scott Byerly, team performance was in the house. Bill's giving the shop away. They had some amazing deals there. And uh, just really a cool way to start the weekend off. Uh, Thursday, we had the Nautique Wake Games that started the weekend off. Um, I'm going to talk about the Nautique Wake Games and the results and stuff that went down there in just a few minutes. Um, but first... I wanted to bring up a little bit about uh, the Nautique Wake Series. This year, a lot of people, there's been a lot of talk about pro women and junior pro men being taken off of the tour. Uh, Nautique Boats started the Nautique Wake Series, although I'm bummed out that the women and uh, junior pro men aren't on the tour this year. It's only a couple of events, and realistically, a lot of sponsors have stepped up to the plates, and there's, there's some great events for those athletes. In fact, I think there's more events for pro-women wakeboarding and junior pro riders this year than there were last year. The Nautique Wake Series, this is a new series of events a lot of people don't know about. They include the Wake Games, which which happened just this last weekend, the Nationals, WWA Wake Stock, which is in Canada, and the Nautique Wake Open, which is an all-new event that's going to be happening right here in Orlando. Uh, the cool thing about the Nautique Wake Series is it's not just pro-men, it's not just pro-women, it's not just junior pro Wakeboarding, it's a mix of, of everything, including amateur divisions. Uh, so you're going to have riders from 9 and under all the way to people potentially over 50 years old on the water. Uh, still on Nautique, Nautique Cares, they're giving away a G21. We'll talk about this all season long, I'm sure. Um, they donated the boat and uh, a whole lot more to a charity organization called As Our Own. It basically helps exploited Indian children and uh, helps them find safe, loving homes. It's some impactful stuff. 
and I know a lot about it just because this first event was was an antique event, and uh, we uh, I learned quite a bit about Azeron. It's 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 pretty big stuff, so check that out. Let's get on to the Wake Games results. Uh, the Wake Games consisted, I believe there was like twenty three or twenty four divisions offered, but twenty one divisions represented out there, from the adaptive sit boarding division to girls and boys nine and under all the way to people over 40 years old um in the 21 divisions i did some math here roughly um i may be wrong but i think i pretty much got it right 12 u.s riders took uh, first place five australian riders took first place in their divisions two brazilian riders and one rider from italy one rider from mexico so and that like i said that covers all 21 divisions um, in pro men wakeboarding, Dean Smith took the win, took the big W, um, for a lot of people, I would have to say that that was a surprise. I know Dean and I think he's capable of, of crushing it. Harley Clifford took second place and Rusty Malinowski took third place. Watching the runs, you know, I announced everything. Rusty's run was, was solid, you know, it was big and it was it was the way Rusty rides, and a run like that could win him a contest. Harley Clifford was super tech, uh, three Mob fives in his run. But I I agree with the judges on that day. Dean Smith went bigger than everybody else. He grabbed longer. He rode more confident. It was it was a great ride, and Dean Smith a well deserved first place finish and a great way to start off the King of Wake season. Darren Shapiro made his return. Uh, had a killer, killer run in the qualifying round in quarterfinals, which happened on Saturday. Darren went out in his first trick. It was a huge Vulcan, the S-Bend Fakie. Uh, I think he snapped his board. He went huge, but bailed, got back up, and just couldn't put it back together. The crowd popped for him. Maybe the biggest pop of the weekend was Darren Shapiro and his return. Megan Ethel made her return to pro women wakeboarding. She took... First place in pro women's wakeboard division on that podium, Amber Wing in Dallas Friday. But Megan Ethel, of course, if you guys remember 2013, she was out for the entire season uh, due to injury. So great to have her back. Since we've got Chris O'Shea in the house and he's Australian, we're going to talk a little bit about the Australians. Standout riders from the weekend. Check this out. Corey Tunison, Australian shredder. Zara Kell. Australian shredder, that's a young lady, Sam Brown. So all three of these riders right here, plus there was another young man, um, Kobe France was his name. And basically what I'm trying to say here is Australia crushed the 10-year-old age bracket all the way up to 18 years old with uh, with wins in junior pro, girl or girls 13 and under, boys 10 to 13, and amateur Junior men, 14 to 18. I mean, some amazing riding coming out of Australia right now. Like I said before, five Australians took first place, and that doesn't even mention how many Australians took, like, second or third place finishes as well. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got to be pretty cool seeing all your Australian mates out there crushing it so hard, huh? Yeah, I don't know how we're so good at wakeboarding in this modern day and age. I guess it's because uh, of guys like Scotty Cowell and... Guys like Daniel Watkins and all the dodgy Aussies and all the Australians beforehand and, you know. 
So that's so Ralph. that's Zara's dad, Scotty, huh? Yeah, Zara Kell. She is an amazing little she, rider. She's like, unbelievable. She's probably gonna she's probably gonna ride in pro women wakeboarding, possibly even next year. Yep, and she's ten. So unbelievable. It's quite quite impressive. All right, guys. Well, also at the wake games, uh, another pro finish was the uh, pro men wake skate division. Danny Hampson, defending champion, made the podium, took third place. Brian Grubb, solid showing, second place, and uh, winning it for, I think, his third time, Reed Hansen in Pro Men Wake Skate. You know, he's a six-time World Wake Skate champion. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, another happening was the Al Sur, a Mexican wakeboard film. It debuted just uh, this last Thursday at the Wake Games. Chris O'Youd invited me out there for the movie, and I appreciate that. That was really cool to get to meet uh, to get to meet uh, Renee and all of the Mexican riders that were a part of that. We're going to talk more about that in the Chris O'Shea interview coming up in just a few minutes. Eric Ruck played music at Yellow Dog Eats on Saturday night. It was a great way to cap off uh, the first three days of of the weight games. The draft happened Friday night. All of that and much much more. That's going to be uh well actually it's already available on my blog on iwake.com, The Noise, so please make sure you guys check that out. Another upcoming event is this coming weekend. We'll be heading to Raleigh, North Carolina for Overton's Battle of the Brands. There's going to be all sorts of different boat manufacturers and wakeboard manufacturers and pro riders and industry reps, and we're all going to be hanging out. I'm going to be up there calling the shots. It's not a contest. It's just a, a hangout and a chance for you to meet and greet with the pros, and also have a chance to ride some really, really great gear. Uh, That's it for right now, guys, and in just a few moments, we're going to be back uh, with Chris O'Shea right here on the Golden Mike Podcast with me, the Noise of the North, Dano the Mano. The Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you by Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida. Get the best deals online at www.perfski.com. We're sitting here with Australia's Chris Ow, Ow, Ow Shay. Chris O, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Good, mate. How's it going? Really awesome, man. And uh, great to have you here. My second guest on the show. Makes sense. You're a good pal of mine, a, an old friend. We've been hanging out for... for uh, Many moons. Many, many moons. Uh, I think I met you in the alleyway of a downtown bar. Like yeah, about, that doesn't uh, sound good, but uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know. were we were partying, man. I remember finding you when we were a lot younger. Yeah, and, I was pretty young then. I used to like to party a lot. Yeah, I remember. Well, I remember <laughs> I you being loose it. and me trying to kind of trying to help you get back on track to get back home to wherever the heck you were going. Yeah, you were you were always good at holding the hair back for me. <laughs> yeah, so well, good. you know that's that's what friends are for, right? Oh, yeah. So, how does it feel to be back in the United States? Uh, it feels good. Um, my girlfriend's here in America, so, you know, it's always good to get back here. And, yeah, I love America. It's awesome over here. So, when did you get back? Um, been back in town about two weeks now. Two weeks? So, how much time did you spend in Australia this year? Uh, man, it wasn't really long. Like, I went home for, like, a couple of weeks and then, not even, actually, sorry. I went home in November for like a week, 
and then went to Thailand for like a month. Came back for Christmas, was probably in Australia for like two months, and then went to the Philippines for a couple of months. All basically just because I'm filming for uh, a new movie with Mitch Langfield. So, so been pretty busy working on that. So, I, I know this year is a little bit different than than most years for you as, you know, things are really picking up with filming and stuff, but traditionally, how much time would you spend in America versus how much time in Australia? Um, definitely, like, six months, six months, but now, kind of opening up, like, I want to go to Asia for, you know, a few months a year because there's so much opportunity over there with new cables and stuff, and then... Europe, I don't know, seems to be really leading sort of like 2.0 contests and there's just a lot of cool stuff going on in Europe these days. So um, usually it's a long way to travel. So like go there for at least a month, film on the way, plus do some cool events. They got Red Bull Rising High on, um, which is I think the end of June and that's going to be a super progressive uh, setup. They had it last year in front of like probably one of the biggest crowds at an event like all year and I wasn't there but I seen all the photos and it was pretty sick and then this year it's in Germany again and they've changed the setup so it's like actually a step down and they've got some rails which is pretty rad so I think I think it'll be the coolest setup all year. Cool sure. yeah I've got some I've got some stuff to talk to you about with contests here in a few minutes. I want to find out so if you were to call anywhere home, where, where exactly would that be? Where the heart is. <laughs> where the heart is. <laughs> I don't know. I, so, I'm pretty homeless. I'm good at that, though. Where in Australia did you grow up? Uh, Melbourne. Melbourne boy. Uh, go Victoria. I don't know. I love it down there. It's um, it's on the east coast of Australia, right down the bottom. It's like super like cultural city and heaps of art going on there and rad music and just cool vibes and cool people what are the start to go out there what are what are what would you say are like the different um zones for for wakeboarding in australia you got the gold coast you've got sydney yeah it's uh mostly east coast uh you got like the sydney crew there's a cable park in sydney too plus some great rivers for riding and then melbourne's kind of most of the people riding in Melbourne are riding sort of like two or three hours out of the city or and then we've got some great rivers and then there's a lake called Lake Yildon which they just went there to film for Prime for Follow. We did our uh, last uh, team edit there and our catalogue, Follow Ropes and Handles and Vests. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, followmenow.com, check it out. Hey. I I got this shameless plug. It's sponsors. All you can handle. All you can handle. (laughs) Is it true you're? I feel like a jerk not knowing this, but is it true that you're the founder and owner of Follow Handles, or is that? No, that's not true. I read that information. We've read this information. That's crazy. What gets printed sometimes? Um, no, the guy. I've been there from the start, and the guy who started it actually worked for my parents who own a wakeboard shop in Australia and yeah we kind of worked on it from the start but yeah I I've got my follower open handle that's my I use it for shoe skiing and for barefooting nice yeah you guys hooked me up that was really cool hell yeah I got the turtle everybody's jealous of my rope and handle that is a cool one the turtle 
Yeah. Mark, Mark McNamara, legend, inspired. Of course. So, Chris, how did you get into the sport of wakeboarding? Um, pretty much a lot to do with uh, Daniel Watkins and the Watkins family. Like, my family knew the Watkins family and uh, would go away and uh, when I was really young. And actually, Watkins' dad, uh, Jeff, had a boat and uh, taught me how to ski when I was like five years old and you're a champion barefooter too right yeah and i just loved it and then like i'd always look up to daniel and daniel was like a big like trick skier and he was starting to do well in barefooting and stuff when i was a really young age and i was like all right sick that's what i want to do and then i'd be barefooting and then uh daniel was like stopped barefooting and i like kept going on the barefooting thing for a while i mean i think i was competing in barefoot contests when I was seven, which is pretty ridiculous, like behind the boat, seven years old doing barefoot contests. I don't know why. But... And and but you weren't just barefoot <laughs> you weren't just barefooting. You were like backwards barefooting and Yeah. Um I was well, you're like... you're a national record holder, right? Not a national record holder. I thought you were in Australia. Not obviously not here, but well, pretty serious. I don't, I don't even. I don't know. I don't even remember all that stuff now. Well, I remember. I've got some trophies at home. I remember a uh, little Clear Lake <laughs> Barefoot Club. Uh, I remember a little Clear Lake Barefoot Club practice probably five years ago, and you're like, "Oh, give me the barefoot suit," and you get in and do a back deepy behind the jet ski, and you get in the and it was a horrible pull. <laughs> I remember it being a horrible pull, and you got back and going, you're like, "Oh, it's probably the first time in ten years." <laughs> And that's true. It, we actually have that video up, but we've been talking about doing some footing. I I really think we should do Dude, that. I love barefooting, but I just do it in board shorts these days. Yeah, well, so does Zane Schwenk. But it's pre- it's pretty fun. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I'm not that confident. Yeah, back deep, back deep, shorts. front to back, back to front, and front flips. He's a true Sherman. Oh yeah, Mr. Zane. Oh yeah. So, so would you say Daniel Watkins helped you break into the U.S. scene? Oh, definitely. Like, um, so yeah, it was like there was a contest like near my house, and Mick. It was like just the Victorian local contest, and like Mick Watkins and Daniel Watkins really helped run it. And they were like, "Come down and check it out." And I probably was about uh, eleven at this time, and I'd wakeboard a little bit here and there, but I was mainly like focused on barefooting. And um, I checked it out, and. It was crazy, like, people were riding in suits, and, like, everyone had, like, crazy hair, and, like, it was, like, the era of, like, expression session. Like, what kind of suits? Like, uh, I think Mick went out there in the expression section in, like, a business suit, like, a with, like, a tail. I think it might have even been a tuxedo or whatever. Is this show, is this, like, old show ski mentality? this is a a wakeboard contest. They used to do it here in the States, too. Yeah, I remember Sean Murray. Sean Murray had the rockets, the rocket moon man suit, dude. Oh, yeah. That was, like, that was, like, those same years. Like, that's, people getting, like, crazy, like. Little little mirrored stuff going on over in Australia. Yeah, those style points or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was funny. So, but I was pumped as a kid, like, I just loved it. So then pretty much from there it was like, all right, get a wakeboard and started doing all the comps that summer and from there just kept going. You're, like, recognized as one of the most stylish riders out there. How 
how does a barefoot water skier develop a style the way that you have it? And, and you've got a style of your own, and you know you do. If you watch any wakeboard contest today, you can you watch you watch guys like Harley Clifford. I mean, I I'm not calling Harley out, but he uses your tricks, you know, stuff that you basically were the first one to do and kind of made famous throughout the media and magazines and whatnot, you know. But like, where 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 did you get the influence? I think. Um... Thanks, Dano. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big compliment. Those guys are insane. Um, yeah, I think just skateboarding. Like at the time, I was like doing a lot of skateboarding. Um, I'm pretty serious about it. And then, obviously, like living in Melbourne, got to go snowboarding a bit too. And I was actually skateboarding and snowboarding before I was wakeboarding. And I think that just helped. And, like, the skaters that I hung around with us, like, all the old kids, and they were, like, super core, like, about being legit and everything had to be proper and, you know, they didn't, they never, like, dished out compliments and stuff. Like, it was, I don't know, and but it was a good thing, like, getting treated like a grommet and, like, sort of, I come from... A good family and stuff but I kind of like ran the streets a bit um, with my skateboard for sure like all through Melbourne and hung rolled with older kids and stuff like that and then wakeboarding I always like just looked at like what was legit on a snowboard and I was like all right well you know let's try and make wakeboarding kind of look somewhat like that mm. all the same principles you know some of way. some of the gnarly tricks I think of that you do that stand out or that tail grab rolled a blind, or KGB, I'm sorry, right? That. Yeah, I think I was the first one to do that. Um, that trick's sick. I still can't even really do it, like, that good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just do it off double-ups, and, like, the ones I've made, I'm just, like, boost. have to boost them so big. But, um, yeah, like, seeing Harley, what he, he's, like, taking that trick to the wake, and he does it, like, way out into the flats now. It's oh, sick, yeah. and... Um, I don't know, for a long time, like, in Australia and stuff, like, I don't know why, but people just liked the stuff that I was, the way I was writing, and a lot of writers over the years have, you know, imitated that, and then, like, but that's, like, really good, like, that's a compliment, and then, you know, I've, I feel like my style's probably made up of, like, just, like, my favorite movie, wakeboard movie was Mayday, and it was, like, Randall was always just, like, oh, my God, like, Randall's, like, natural bold thrillers parts, like, Randall's just, like, biggest, like, influence, like, got me pumped, like, yes, this is why I want a wakeboard, it's pretty much, like, Randall Harris's video parts, and then Danny Half, you know, like, just, like, the smoothest wakeboarder, like, on the planet, and just so talented and technical, so, I, you know, I'd take a lot of influence from like both those guys and then that kind of like forms like my style i think um what do you get <laughs> when you take danny hart <laughs> mixing I mean, seriously, like those guys are like the best like it was crazy like the elsa premiere yeah i was gonna say since we're since we're uh talking about since we're already talking about randall and danny and mayday uh, a lot of people have been saying that that Mayday 
is the uh, or Al Sur Mexican wakeboard film that just premiered last Thursday is the mayday of our, of our time, and um, that's y- a big call. And uh, you know, it's been a while since I watched Mayday, but what I remember the most about Mayday is it took a handful of the best riders of that day, Murray Byerly, um, Murray Byerly. Nelson, Nelson, Nekrasen, the cast was unreal, and you put him on a houseboat, and Thomas Rell, yeah, the, his front flip to fake, he's wake to wake. Well, so I mean, sick. I on in that movie alone, they that there was a movie that Chase. changed changed the world of wakeboarding. I mean, new tricks were put down that before that movie came out on VHS, you couldn't go on and Google. You know, Heelside 7. It wasn't until that movie, really, that we saw that. I mean, that was like the first wakeboard movie that I saw, I think, and that was 97. And seriously, it was like, I think it was like pretty much like showing, like, hey, this is wakeboarding. This is what wakeboarders are like. And like, this is the direction. And it was like the movie that like took it from water skiing to being like wakeboarding's own identity. And you know, I watched that movie, like, every day for, like, years. <laughs> like, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. Still watch it. Yeah. I mean, like... it, 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 it's it's a bummer that some of the kids, and I hate to sound like an old man, oh, the kids these days, but <laughs> but seriously, sometimes kids won't go back and watch some of that, that old stuff, but, like, realistically, if you saw what Scott and, and Thomas and those guys were doing back in the day, I mean you'd have a whole new respect. I mean, a lot of people just respect the Byerly name and the and the, the legacy of Scott, you know? Mm-hmm. But a lot of these kids don't realize what Scott was doing back then, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely, and probably even more so Randall. Like, Absolutely. Well, <laughs> Randall's been doing yeah, it so long. It's, it's hard, you know, for me, you know, I grew up with Eric Ruck, and... Yeah. Ruck and Randall are about the same age. You had Randall on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You had Parks on the East Coast. And those guys were unbelievable. And then out there in middle America, up in Wisconsin, Ruck, Ruck was sitting there. And I remember I remember how, how killer of a rider like Ruck was, but just knowing like you know those, those guys are about the same age and just just watching what they created, you know, and... Yeah. In a way, it maybe I didn't really understand how much I looked up to guys like Parks and Randall back then because they were at the same age and all the girls that we were like into back in those days were all about oh wakeboard magazine and you know guys like us were just the regular old dudes <laughs> on the lake you know yeah but none but nonetheless I mean it's unbelievable so many years later yes you're right Randall is still doing what he's doing and his part in Al Sur was just just ama- I mean amazing. It was unbelievable. Let's talk about let's talk about Al Sur um uh, a little bit right now. The cast of that movie unbelievable. You already named off a few of them, Danny Harf, yeah. Randall Harris. Talk about the rest of the cast. Um so the way I got introduced to the movie was pretty much Trevor Mel uh hit me up. He's like interested in being in Elsa and I was like sure what's the deal and he's like well go down to Mexico we've already been filming and I just got brought in on like the very last two trips um 
and then they'd put together like Randall, uh, Danny, Melissa, JD Webb, Aaron Rathy, Josh Twelka, Derek Cook, all the uh, Delta Force crew. Um, it's just, I don't think I got all the writers there. It's a big cast, but yeah, just super talented group of writers and Renee's just was pumped to make a wakeboarding movie. Well, tell us, tell us, I, I got to meet Renee just the other day at Renee Puente. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us like who Renee is exactly. Um, Renee is a dude from Mexico that, um, basically just loves wakeboarding and wanted to make, make a wakeboarding movie happen for the last like few years wakeboard full lengths have kind of been simmering down like there hasn't been many wakeboarding full lengths because it's sort of like the internet it's a lot of web videos more so than like full parts and especially with like all the boat um like a full boat movie too um so he just wanted to make that happen so he got everyone involved and yeah he basically just did it and he just got like looked into the sport and got what he like wanted he wanted Trevor to film it and then talk to Trevor about like what riders and stuff and they just worked as a team and he's a he's a know. he's a very generous gentleman for sure and it was a pleasure to meet Renee Puente the other night and uh everybody's definitely a very appreciative of of you know of what he's doing for the industry right now and the movie was awesome it was all filmed in Mexico right yeah it was yeah. all in Mexico, and, like, the last trip was just, like, Bacala, which is, like, the final section of the movie, and it's it was just so unreal being there and getting to ride with, like, pretty much, like, my favorite riders, like, of all time. And the and, Randall stuff is just intense. Yeah, like, watching him ride, you know, just pumps you up, and then watching Danny ride, and, like, Rathy's stuff, like, he took a set, like, that was just, like, insane, and... You guys are... JD, like, everyone was just, like, firing out there. It's pretty crazy to have, like, that much talent in one section and everybody has their own style and, I don't know, I'm stoked that I got the opportunity to go down there and film for it, for sure. Yeah, you look at at that list of riders and automatically, I mean, you know that there's, there's definitely going to be some bangers in that movie. You guys... You guys are doing something a little bit different than most people do um, with this movie. You guys are actually putting it out for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie will be free. Um, download on Union's website. Um, I've been doing Union Magazine in Australia for the last year and a half, I'd say, now. We've been doing that, and uh, it's been going well. And then... We got involved with the movie over here and uh, pretty much from there, like, had the opportunity to launch Union US. So we're going we're gonna to do a companion issue of Union Magazine and Elsa free download on Union's website May 17th. And then the end of the month will be, like, the first Union US edition, which uh, will be pretty huge and it'll be a quarterly magazine and... Um, pretty stoked to bring that to the sport and the States, pretty much like a quarterly magazine with, um, landscape format and 
hopefully like it's more like a coffee table book and something like that's a bit different to what other people are doing. Print is still alive. So, print is still yeah, alive. Yeah, I mean, everybody just goes, dude, print's dead, or what about digital and stuff like that. But for me, I don't know. I, There's something I will, about flipping through the pages. Yeah, like, and especially if you're somebody who, like, likes the side of the sport, like the photos and, like, the art and the presentation and stuff like that. And, like, being a photographer, like, it's really cool, like, if you get to see your photos and i think it's a cool experience for anyone to to see a photo printed on nice paper um is it realistic i don't know we'll find out but (laughs) uh i'm definitely pumped um on that and it should be cool i feel like in the i feel like in the past i've known you for a long time i've known you for 10 years now uh i feel like you've kind of matured and transitioned into sort of a media mogul of some sorts and within our industry. I mean, um, well, you started you started your your online blog, Live Simple, yeah. with Brenton Priestley, yeah, and that led into Union Wakeboarding Magazine for you. Um, mm-hmm. And what exactly is your role at Union? Uh, What's your title? Like photographer and uh, content advisor, so. Basically, you you do play a very big part in that magazine. I mean, once you kind of came on board, I I mean, you really didn't hadn't heard much of Union before that. Yeah. Um. Pretty much, it's pretty funny. Like the whole story, it's kind of a long one, but since we're here, we've got time <laughs> to kill. Let's tell it. So the whole way I got into photography is kind of funny because I called up the magazine Border Magazine, which Toby, who I'm doing Union with now. Uh, was working with him and uh, pretty much called him up and said, like, you know, the last three issues, I'm not, like, not super stoked on them. Like, I think you could be doing better. You, like, well, you, don't, some, you don't hold back. Here's you... some ideas. Out. And they, <laughs> like, they didn't tell me, like, whatever, dude. Like, they basically embraced it and said, yeah, no, nah, help us out. Like, you know, what's up? Can you take some photos? And I'm like, well, no, but. I can learn, I guess, and they're like, well, here's a 1D camera, here's, like, some lenses, and off you go, and I was like, all right, I gotta learn, and then got over here, and our buddy, Ryan Petrini, caught up with him, did some schooling with him on photography real quick, and away I went, next minute I was, like, obsessed with taking pictures, and uh, slowly over time. You know, still don't know what I'm doing, but I think I can get the, get it done. Yeah, well, you definitely, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, uh, once again, I'm not trying to talk trash to you or anything, but you definitely had, you your reputation right now is much different than the reputation that you had, say, four years ago. I mean, there was a time when you were looked at as a party guy, and that, and I mean, it, Such it was... Such a rebel... A rebel, and realistically, and realistically, for some of the, for some of the industry, and you know, maybe sometimes it's hard for them to understand what you were doing or what you were capable of, or or what, yeah, I you know what you could do. To, like, it's hard to understand like the different directions, but I think it's like definitely with like, I think there's now more than ever going to be like ability for like free riders to you know focus on 
doing video parts and like helping out the brands and like for them to like understand like that there's value in that now more so than ever with the internet and it's all about Facebook and I likes and I'm generating really content for and stuff like that. Like guys like Graham Burrs, you know, like yeah. picked up huge Hyperlight sponsorship like on the A team and he just came out of nowhere, but he just dropped like six of the sickest edits like last year. Like he just, and everybody's just like, dum, 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 dum. So you can create your own destiny in a ways now with the, with the right people. And, you know, if you're putting out stuff that's worthy, it's going to get attention real quick. And you just look at guys like Graham and I think the more stuff like that and the more cables going up, kind of the better. It's gonna be sick. Like, have you always had the same i the same idea of where you were gonna go with your career? Say five years ago, say the year before you got in with Border Magazine and Union and Union Wakeboarding Magazine. Before that, I mean, did you have a different idea of of where your spot in the industry was? Um, for sure. I mean, it's just been a natural. It's all been like photography was a natural progression. And I just love to wakeboard. Still love to get up and go wakeboarding. And I just love wakeboarding pretty much and love doing this sport. So it's always just been doing that. But, um, you know, it hasn't it hasn't been easy. I've had some highs of... I've had some, you know, some good accomplishments. And I've had some good help along the way. And then sometimes I haven't been able to get much help. And But I think... Uh, you know, it's just about the hustle, really. Like, just, you know, make it happen. Uh, if you love something enough, do whatever you can to keep it going. And that's just what I've been doing. Absolutely. <laughs> and I don't know, like, maybe some things will work out with this new venture of Union Magazine. And, you know, I'm working with a board company that's, you know, pretty in the trenches right now, as we say. But that's it's cool being in the trenches and it's cool like let's talk about humanoid real fast let's talk about humanoid wakeboards what's what's going on i mean uh, you guys there's a buzz you're you've got some i mean you're a part of it kyle schmidt yeah is a part of it we've got a really good team at humanoid um, who's on the who's who's on the humanoid team uh bob sitchell trevor bashir mitch langfield um eddie valdez so you're talking about a list of riders. These guys maybe maybe haven't won the biggest contest of them all on the main stage of 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 them all, you know, like the worlds or nationals, but when it comes down to it, I mean, these are guys. Yeah. I mean, I I've I mean, done I a lot of ways. I don't think there was one humanoid rider at weight games this weekend, but I mean, but it, it know, it's not it's, and that's not it's not that it's not your guys' thing to to do contests or not or anything but I was going to talk about this with you before but the focus is you know the free riding but then there are contests that are for guys like you as well you know and and yeah maybe in the past the weight games was a contest where Chris O'Shea would ride this year huh not really not maybe not your for, not, maybe not your format of a contest but there are contests this year that you are going to ride what contests are those um Pretty much like Fees and Red Bull Rising High. Um, I really, you know, pretty honored to get an invite to Red Bull Rising High and doing unique events like that to me um, is a lot of worth in it. Um, I mean, 
I, Wake Games was in your backyard last weekend, and you, you were there hanging out and supporting your your friends and you know fellow riders and everything. But you're gonna fly all the way to Europe to compete. You know what? Wh- like, what does Chris O'Shea look for in a contest? What What does the contest need to have for Chris O'Shea to ride in it? You know? Um, I don't know. I, the re- main reason I didn't go in Wake Games this weekend was just. I haven't really spent much time behind the boat. I've just been filming this movie and we've just been, I've been spending all my time on the cable for like the last year, like put out some videos like Summer Trails edit and some other, and then obviously like Elsa, like I went down there and filmed for like a month in Mexico for that. And like, that's pretty much like I've done a few writing projects for boat, but the rest of it's just been cable and. Um, I'm starting to be happy, happy where my cable riding's at now, like, you know, like, starting to, you know, figure it out, I feel, so, um, you know, it takes a while, like, you rock, getting used to rocking up to, like, setups where it's just, like, crazy rails and you don't know, you know, it's a different sort of thing, riding cable, but it's, it's exciting and, you know. I, I like doing cable events, like especially like the bigger ones. I think they're awesome. Yeah. Something where it's like a course, like right. Like fees last year was so fun. We went and we got to free ride on the course, like. And we lost an event here in the states like, for like that. Three or four days and just like it was the coolest setup I've ever ridden. So, it's like it's worth the travel and. I mean, the fees event is basically an event that's built for the athletes. I mean they. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fans are there, and I mean, the numbers I see, I've seen the photos, and it's unbelievable the amount. But really, they cater to y'all, right? To you, to you, the athletes. From what I, from what I understand. Yeah, well, most most people tell you it's the it's the best course, like it's the best, funnest, like pro uh, course that's been set up for a cable cable event. Um, it's definitely like pretty advanced, and there's like some stuff there that. You know, like metal handrails and stuff that you can get hurt on, which is, you know, cool. Yeah. Well, it sets the pros <laughs> apart from from amateurs, and sh- and it gives a reason why you're getting paid to do what you do. Yeah, so. for sure. Hey, I want to talk. Um, I know we talked a little bit about Al Sur. I want to talk some more about some other wakeboard stuff, uh, video stuff. I want to talk about your days living with Shane Bonifay, uh, Colin Harrington, and Clay Fletcher. Uh, and like filming and shooting box of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man! What was, what was it? Times. I mean, that was a rogue house. Oh, dude, living with Clay Fletcher and Colin Harrington. Best times ever. Those dudes are awesome. Um, yeah, I don't even know how I ended up moving into that house. I mean, there was like really four didn't. bedrooms, four dudes, and that's that's a four bedroom house that's built for like three people mm-hmm. to live in. I think I was living in the house, like, I was living with Daniel, like, the year before, and then they just had Taylor that year, and it was, like, a kid, and, like, they had their family home going on, and I was kind of there, and I was kind of like, oh, next year, like, I don't want to, like, be here with, like, a baby, right. you know, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm 22, I want to go party. Changing diapers. Come home and be loud and be stupid. Whatever, right. You know? <laughs> So I was like, I'm going to move out of there. And I think I just hit Shane up and he's like, yeah, sweet. It was spare room. And 
Colin was renting the house. The gravity chamber. We yeah. I remember we spent a lot of time hanging out in the garage at Shane's house. Yep, jamming in the garage. Yep. It was sick. Those were some fun those were some fun, fun times, of course. And uh I I still have a few copies of Box of Fun. I always like to relive those days Yeah, Box of Fun was a good time and it was it was cool to be a part of that and live with Colin and you know Colin's a motivated dude and I'm stoked to like years later like see what he's doing now you know he's just like keeps excelling from box of fun and um you know he's a hustler he's i'm like, waiting for i'm waiting for box of fun too uh, i hit him up all the time and he's, you guys gotta do that well you got a lot he's so corporate now he's hollywood yeah, dude yeah. he's big time he's and like, but you know what you've got a lot of projects going on yourself <laughs> anyways so um yeah. where does box of fun sit in the hall of all-time greatest wakeboard movies I don't know, man. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> what? What's... I don't know. It was fun, but I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. I really like. It's been a while since. I've what's seen it. what's but your for me? Like it? I don't know. I the most vivid wakeboard movies to me are when I was like a kid and getting into. What would it. you say your favorite all-time wakeboard movie is? I think I already said it. Mayday. Mayday. So. And then Randall Harris, Natural Born Thrillers. Parks, all or nothing. Uh, How about your non, your favorite non wakeboard movie? My favorite non wakeboard yeah, movie. Favorite non wakeboard movie. Uh, probably get him to the creek. Really? Yeah. Do you ever do you ever feel like I was pumped on that movie? Mark Rossiter is kind big of on movies, though. Mark Rossiter kind of like the wakeboarding's Russell Brand. Could be. He definitely. Yeah, he's got the hair. He's right. got the accent. You know, we did a rail jam. He's got pretty tight jeans. Maybe if he just got a little tighter, he'll be there. We did a rail jam out in Texas one year. I don't know how we got this thing booked. It was a rail jam um, at a um, at a gentleman's club. We were in the parking lot. It was unbelievable. Um, and I, I was on the microphone the whole time being like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, the, the stunt double of Get Him to the Greek star, Russell Brand, his cousin... Mark Rossiter, and uh, yeah, that was that was a fun night for sure. But we didn't really get to go into the club because we yeah. had to wakeboard till about midnight. It was it was a bummer. It was don't don't ever do a rail jam at a gentleman's club. There's nothing cool about it. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Well, nobody's there. Everybody's inside, and you're just sitting there. And actually, somebody stabbed our pool with a knife. Yeah. Rail jams generally aren't too fun, from my experiences. <laughs> yeah, we have we've got some we've got some different views on rail jams, of course. But I understand that for sure. I for sure I definitely understand. Um, just a few more questions. We're gonna go down here with uh, your favorite rider of all time. Would you say Randall Harris? Danny Hoff, Randall Harris. Saying like even I don't know. I can't even like. Those two are the best. <laughs> um, you won the video performance in 2011 at the Wake Awards, the best video performance for In Transit. Yeah. Is that your biggest accomplishment, or or what would you say is your yeah, biggest Yeah, I'd say that's probably, like, the biggest, like, that's what's, that's, that's what award, like, has meant to me, like, the most, like, for years I was, like, when I first went to the Wake Awards and like that 
that award. I think Danny won it that year. I was like, man, like, that's an award that, like, is hard to win. And, like, that's an award that I'd, I'd way rather win that. Like, that meant more, means more to me that than, like, King Awake or something like that. So to actually, like, achieve that goal is pretty mind-blowing and couldn't have done it without Josh Robinson. And, yeah, it was cool just to, like, go so hard at it and work with, like, no budget pretty much and just do it for the love of doing it and then come out, like, with uh, the biggest magazine in yeah. the game, wakeboarding magazine. Of course. To... Paid off. Definitely paid off for sure. To show that they liked it that much. Chris, so who would you say is the next big deal in wakeboarding? Josh Tuolka, for sure. Kids killing it. Uh, Mad Steez. Um, and then, who knows? Like, in the cable scene, like, so many sick cable parks opening up. Like, um, there's going to be kids popping out of the woodwork left, right, and center. There already is. Um, we talked about the batch of young Australians coming up as well. Yeah. Australia's looking solid. I think we uh, dominated weight games. We established that. So. <laughs> Not too bad. Not too bad. All right. Uh, just one more thing. You mentioned this at the beginning of the interview. You're working on a new project with Mitch Langfield, a film called Odyssey. You told me that you've traveled to 12 different countries to film this already. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, so this project started... Um, at least a year ago now. Yeah, I'm going to say a year ago. Uh, they had the qualifying for Wake the Line. Um, I qualified, Mitch qualified. We got our trip tickets paid for to go to Europe. We're like, let's film. Um, we started filming. We filmed maybe like five or six different countries through Europe. Then uh, came to the States and we're like, well, should we do an edit or should we just keep filming? And Mitch had this concept that he wanted to do kind of like a uh, global tour um, and film it all. And in, it's going to be kind of documentary style, but not really. Um, it's still going to be a pretty fast-paced movie and a wakeboard movie. But If you need voiceovers. <laughs> you're the man for the voiceovers, Dano. We know that. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy ride with... Uh, you know, we've, we've filmed through Asia, we've been in Australia, we've been in the States. Um, right now, we're just filming some stuff in America, out any, at BSR. Any thoughts on a cable. release? Any thoughts on a release date? Yeah, September. The movie's going to be available, free download, September, um, full length. So, that'll be the second one this year, which is pretty cool. You you're giving away a lot of movies for free. You've you got to have some amazing sponsors. <laughs> Anyone sure. you want to shout out to? Uh yeah, guys uh, at Humanoid, they've been backing me forever. They back Mitch. Uh, they put a lot into this movie. Um, basically booked all our tickets everywhere, paid for train passes, pretty much made it happen. And you know, for those guys just to trust us with like, hey, where are the ideas? We've got this idea, we're doing this, and then now it's like a year later, we still haven't even put out any footage. Um, you know, can't really thank the company enough for that. Um, the footage is coming, guys. It's going to be good. <laughs> um, 
and then also Jet Pilot, they've been backing me forever. Uh, Republic, just got on the team with them, uh, and they're making bags and all sorts of cool stuff in the works, Republic Wake Park, um, and follow Rebs and Handles. So. Very cool. And if anybody wants to follow you on social media? Just, uh, it's at Live Simple. Uh, you can go to my website to livesimple.com.au. Um, Facebook, it's just Chris O'Shea, my name. And yeah. Awesome. Follow. Awesome. Well, shoot, uh, follow Team Rider, the follow at Live Simple <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. Chris yep. O'Shea on Facebook. And Chris O? I suck at Twitter. Well, we're getting we're getting kind of old for Twitter, but hey, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm up to eighty followers now, as of today. After after today, maybe eighty thousand. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, it's going off. Nonetheless, I want to thank my guest Chris O'Shea for joining us here inside the studio loft in Doctor Phillips' uh, neighborhood here in Orlando, Florida. It's been a lot of fun having you here, Chris O, and uh, we'll have to have you back again here on the Golden Mike Podcast with me, Dano the Mano. Thanks, Dana. You. For more than two decades, Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida, has been the one-stop shop for towed water sports enthusiasts from all around the world. Whether you're an aspiring amateur athlete or the top-rated pro rider, Performance has you covered. Come check out our Sand Lake Road location in Orlando, Florida, less than 10 minutes from the Orlando International Airport, or... Check them out online at www.perfski.com. Well, what an honor it was to have Chris O'Shea as the second guest interviewee here on the Golden Mike podcast with me, the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what Chris O has in store for us for the rest of the season. Guys, we talked about it with Chris O, and I want you guys who haven't seen it to make sure to jump on board the Al Sor train. I'm talking about Al Sor, a Mexican wakeboard movie. The premiere was unbelievable last week. And what's even more unbelievable to me is the free download Chris O mentioned coming up May 17th on the Union Wakeboarding Magazine website. Once again, May 17th, free download for Al Sor, a Mexican wakeboard film. And that's on Union Wakeboard Magazine. Before I let you guys go, I want to talk about some of my upcoming events, spots where you can meet and greet and say what's up to me, Dan or the Mano. This coming weekend, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I'm going to be heading out to Raleigh, North Carolina for Overton's Battle of the Brands. I'm really excited. Rumor has it, Daniel Grant and Rafterome from Team Liquid Force are going to be on hand. I'm riding out there with Adam Arrington from Team Ronix, among some other great names, I promise you. They're all going to be out there, and I'm going to cover the whole thing for my photo and word blog on iWake.com. The following week, I'm heading out to the Texas Ski Ranch out there, outside of Austin, Texas, and New Brumfels. Cable stock coming back for maybe the 13th year in a row. I'm not sure, but it's well over a decade. This is a great cable event. brings amateurs and pros from all over the U.S. and all around the world to the Texas Ski Ranch, and they usually have a couple of unique events thrown in as well. I'm looking forward to not only announcing, but maybe even getting out there on the water. The following weekend, we're going to be at 
the Pro Wakeboard Tour in Atlanta, Georgia. In fact, well, outside of Atlanta, Georgia, in Ackworth, Georgia. And it's on Lake Alatoona. Last year, we had to move the site due to the weather and conditions. This year, I believe we're back on Lake Alatoona. Nonetheless, the sites were about three minutes apart. Always a great event to check out, and it's the second stop of the 2014 King of Wake series. Remember, this event is pro men only. The following week, we'll be in Callaway Gardens, Pine Mountain, Georgia, for the Masters of Wakeboarding and Water Skiing. I'm excited as this year I join the water ski team as well, uh, up there on the microphone. My first year, this will be my ninth year announcing the Masters, but my first year announcing all three water ski events, normally just wakeboarding and wake skating. This year, wakeboard, wake skate, trick ski, slalom, and jump. Should be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to finish the month off May 31st back here in Orlando, Florida, with the second stop of the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. If you missed the first stop, you can check it out on my iWake.com blog. Otherwise, I recommend that you make your way down here to Orlando. It's the most amazing. It's the best grassroots amateur event in the country. Well, that's going to do it for today, guys. Make sure you follow me throughout my social networks on Instagram at DanoTMano. You can find me on Twitter at TheDanoTMano. Or you can just check out my website, NoiseOfTheNorth.com. Well, I've had a blast here for my second audio podcast. This is Dano the Mano, the Noise of the North. We'll catch you next time, y'all. Peace.